And then we keep thinking that we want more and more, and then we get more, and then we want more, and then we get more, and then we want more. And it's like this never-ending failure loop that we get caught in. And it's, it's what happens to the majority of people that aren't kind of aware of this process. Welcome to the Dream Out Loud family, where young entrepreneurs come to learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan T. Nelson, a former carpenter who created financial freedom by the age of 23 and have since spent my time traveling around the world living my dream life, inspiring, educating, and teaching other young people how they can do the same. Each and every week, I'll bring you the most epic guests who are going to share their stories, wisdom, tips, and tricks on how they've been able to create a life by design. Here at Dream Out Loud, we're committed to helping inspire and educate you to be able to execute your full potential. Have you ever thought about living a life with more freedom, more certainty, more clarity and confidence? Have you ever thought about what it would be like for you to truly live a life by design, not by default? If so, then listen up. Guys, I've got something absolutely incredible coming up that you guys are want to be a part of. It's called the Life by Design Summit. How to create a life on purpose with passion and freedom without needing to have it all figured out yet, even if you don't know where to start or if you've tried everything before. Look, chances are if you listen to this podcast, whether this be the first time or the 100th time you've listened to this, you are a dream chaser. You are a go-getter. You have big ambition inside of you. You have this burning desire inside within that is just waiting to be unleashed and to go into something worth meaning, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be here listening. I've literally created this summit specifically for you. It is a virtual event, so it doesn't matter which country you're in, you can get access and jump in live with me for three and a half hours, okay? In this summit, you're going to learn the secrets that I've learned, that I've developed over the years to build the life of freedom that I currently have now. You're going to learn how to find your purpose in life and actually get paid for doing something that you love. You're going to learn how to discover unlimited motivation even on the days you feel lost, stuck, and you don't want to do anything. And you're also going to learn my four secret pillars to bridge the gap from where you are right now to the life you truly desire. Guys, there's no better time than right now to attend this upcoming summit. It's going to blow your freaking mind. To top it off, this is not some free, shitty masterclass, free webinar where I'm just going to bore you to death, give you 10% value, and then just fluff you around, waste your time, and then sell to you. This is three and a half hours of pure gold, pure value specifically for you so you can get to the next level in your life. Tickets are $47. That's it. And there's not even a sell on the call. So what are you waiting for? Hit the link in the description below of this episode. Get your ticket and I'm going to see you live on the virtual event coming up next. Guys, I cannot wait to see you on the Life by Design Summit. Okay, today's guest is a serial entrepreneur, speaker, life coach, and happiness expert. After exiting his delivery startup for $323 million in 2019, he confirmed what he'd spent the last 25 years researching. 
which is true happiness isn't in money, power, and fame. It's about figuring out what makes you happy and taking consistent action on those things every single day. To do this, he has thrown out the book on traditional self-development, creating instead a unique system that gamifies the process of building momentum by making it fun and playful to reduce life's friction. His mission is to combine the latest in science and technology with habits and universal principles to make it addictive to level up, giving personal development a long overdue seat at the cool kids table it deserves. So please help me welcome the guy who went from shoveling snow and mowing lawns at the age of 12 to now the creator of More Momentum, which helps you level up your life by building strong habits in five core areas. My friend, Mr. Will Moore. Wow. I can hear like the applause. It was like just such a enthusiastic <laughs> intro. Thank I, you. I, maybe we can start getting them edited in. Hey, like, like, like the clapping applause for people. Yeah, like, oh. I know. I felt like your energy and your vibe was like it demanded applause, not necessarily aisle, <laughs> but just because of your, yeah, man. Thanks for having yeah. me. It's good to be here. Thank you for coming on. It's good. Look, I, I want to dive straight. Like reading that bio and putting this together was really freaking interesting because I'm not sure how old you are, but you look really freaking young. Like not like in your twenties, but young for someone who's created a nine figure business and doing some incredible stuff. So firstly, that's freaking incredible. What I would love to know in the midst of creating all of that and having that exit and having this discovery of that, that ultimately wasn't the thing you were really looking for. How did you discover that? And at what point along your journey in that, did you realize that shit, this isn't actually as fulfilling as what I thought it was going to be? So for, well, yeah. So I, actually had a really rough start to my first half of my life. So first of all, I'm 45. So it is what it is. I feel like you're as old as you look and feel. And I believe strongly in that. And so I feel like I'm 30. Hopefully that's coming across a bit. My, my ex-girlfriend used to call me Peter Pan, but probably for the wrong reasons. Cause they had said I would never grow up, but, um, and that's now part of my life. My whole thing was my kind of a, a rough start. And then kind of figured it out in college. I was serendipitously introduced to a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, by this teacher that I was like, this guy is cool. I want to be this guy. He's cool. This is the dude that I want to be. Like, you know, everybody gets that one teacher. Meanwhile, I was pretty much suicidal at that point because things that, like I said, it was, it was a rough start. And my mom was an alcoholic. She was physically, mentally abusive. My dad left to go on a trip around the world and we moved around a lot. So bottom line is I started getting in. I kind of realized I'm like, oh, wait, there's a different way to look at the world. And I actually became this like self-help beast. And I was like just devouring books. And it just was like my way to whatever you want to call it, console myself or just it was my friend at the time because I didn't really have any. Um, and I would just like lock myself in my room and just read books and kind of started using myself as a human science experiment a little bit. And then I would start testing these different principles and these different things and seeing what worked and what didn't and, you know, seeing people's reactions and, and I'd go back and I'd take my notes. Okay. That, that worked, that was good. Or Nope. That's it. And I kind of developed, started really figuring out the principles, these universal principles in life. And I feel like, you know, it's one thing to read them on a, on a page, but when you actually live them and you experience them, then it becomes real for you. And you're like, ah, I get it. Right. And then it clicks and then, so I, I kind of started developing my habits and just my lifestyle around these types of things. And so fortunately, I guess that's a long-winded answer of your original question. By the time I sold my business, you know, 25 years later, I already knew because I'd been 
doing a lot of development and, and what was important. And I realized that money, while it is part of the equation, it's a smaller part than most people realize. Most people put like 95% of their emphasis on it. Whereas to me, it's yes, you have to have enough money in order to, to, to live in the house you want to live in. And what, you know, that's diff- looks different for different people, but, you know, drive a car and if you've got a family, feed your kids, you know, not have to constantly stress and worry about money. So that, that is, that is part of our primal instinct as human beings to feel like we're not constantly looking for our next crumbs coming from, but we're actually miswanting in a way because we get to the point where we think we want more and more. We reach a point and we've got that, but that doesn't shut off. And then we keep thinking that we want more and more, and then we get more and then we want more and then we get more and then we want more. And it's like this never ending failure loop that we get caught in. And it's, it's what happens to the majority of people that aren't kind of aware of this process. And I actually just took a course that just verified all this. It was really cool. It's called the science of well-being. It's the Yale happiness course is the nickname for it. Yale, this professor kind of came up with it and she does study after study that basically proves what I'm talking about right now, which is that we have these miswantings and these things that we spend our lives chasing and doing, but don't actually pay off. So I love the process of growing my business. It was really fun. And for, for a while at the end, it wasn't, which is why I got out, but because growth is happiness. And so career, I was enjoying what I was doing. I was making money. That was fun. And by the time I got to the point where I was like, this isn't fun anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. That's immediately when I said I want to, I decided I want to exit. And then when I actually did exit, I proved to myself all these years of studying and research and all this stuff that I'm telling you right now, it, it really is true, which is that it felt amazing for like five minutes but then it was like, okay, what's next? Right. And it's like, most people are on the, under this delusion that if they just had enough money, they could sit on a beach, drinking a pina colada and be happy for the rest of their life. But that's not reality. Like growth is reality. Like continually pushing yourself and challenging yourself. That's happiness. And having a lot of money, like I said, that doesn't come into that equation if you just have more money than you know what to do with. So I was like technically set for the rest of my life. But again, fortunately, I'd been kind of preparing for this and I knew it was coming. So I had already started to sort of pivot into this next phase of my life. Yeah, right. So you mentioned a couple of times that growth is the, like that is happiness, which I 100% agree that if you're not growing, you're dying. That's the biggest thing, right? And I think when you see people who are living these unfulfilled or unpurpose-driven lives, it's because they're just stuck in this job that they, they, they put themselves in the box, really. But then I, I totally understand what you're saying as well. Cause like we, we hit a new target, we hit a new goal and then we, we want more and more and more. So how do you kind of find that sweet spot of continually wanting to grow, which equals happiness, but then also breaking that cycle of being like, well, I need to do more and more and more. That's a good question. Uh, there's this thing I, I discovered years and years ago when the app, when Apple first came up with the, the iPhone and then there was like 10 apps in the app store. One of them was called the meaning of life. Okay. And you opened it up and you're like, okay, I got to see what this is, right? So you, you click on it, you open it up and it's literally just a diagram. There's no, 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 nothing, no features, no sign in, no give me your email, just a diagram. And on the top of the diagram, it said, we strive for more. And then there was a semicircle kind of going down to, to, the, to the bottom of the diagram. And it says, because we feel dissatisfied. And then there was another semicircle going back up 
to the top that said, we strive for more, right? So it's like this loop. We strive for more because we feel dissatisfied. We feel dissatisfied because we strive for more. Therein lies the human conundrum, which ties into the the question you just answered me, which is kind of like, okay, does it end? Like, what is happiness? Like, where do you get it? And, and, and the answer is the pursuit of your goals and, and the growing, that, that is happiness. And you just need to make sure that what you choose to pursue and to grow in actually leads to that fulfilling long-term happiness that you're looking for. So if you're growing and you're making money and you have a goal, I want to make a million dollars and you're growing and making money, then that's fine. And that's great. And it feels good. And okay, you got your first hundred thousand. Now you're working really hard. You get your first, but if you get to a point where, you know, you've got a billion dollars in the bank and your goal is, well, I'll, I'll be happy as long as when I get 2 billion, that's when you're screwed, if that makes any sense. Hey guys, just want to jump in here super quickly and remind you to grab your ticket to the upcoming Life by Design Summit. Now, just wait here for a second. You're listening to this podcast because you want more from life. You want more from life. You want to create a life by design. You want to dream out loud, don't you? Otherwise, you wouldn't be wasting your time listening to my voice every single week, would you? So, wouldn't it be nice for you guys to be able to speed this up? Wouldn't it be incredible for you guys to accelerate your growth, accelerate your learning, and accelerate your freaking life? Guys, this is what the Life by Design Summit is all about. It is truly here to help you create a life on purpose with passion and freedom, okay? This is a summit where me and you get to actually hang out and interact with each other live at the virtual event. If you've been listening to this for a while and you're young, you're passionate, you've got a burning desire for more in life. And life is just not where you want it to be just yet. You want to have more freedom, have more clarity, have more certainty and truly start living a life by design, not by default, not what the system has programmed us for, then you'll be at the Life by Design Summit, period. Okay, hit the link in the description of this episode. Get your ticket. There is one coming up. It's just around the corner. So I cannot wait to see you there. And we're going to dive deep into teaching you how to find your purpose in life and actually get paid for doing what you love and the four secret pillars on how to bridge the gap from where you are to that dream life. Okay, guys, go ahead and get your ticket now. You're going to feel so freaking amazing about uh, securing your spot now, being an early bird person. And then when we get onto the call, you're going to feel so freaking confident, so certain in your decision that you've made the right decision because your life is about to freaking change. All right, now let's get back into the interview. So it's a matter of choosing something that actually is fulfilling to you, but then also kind of enjoying the process, like finding the, I always like to say to people, instead of focusing on the pursuit of happiness, focus on the happiness in the pursuit. And like, that's, that's something that I've really become good at because I used to be like, oh, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when. And then just thinking like, fuck, you know, I could just choose to be really happy now, have a lot of fun right now. But I, I think it is a bit of a skill to sort of develop that. So for the people that might be listening to this, sitting here going, well, oh, I still don't feel good enough, yet they've accomplished all these things or done all these things. What, what's your kind of opinion on that or your advice to people to sort of start to find, I guess, what is their, their purpose well, to find that. Yeah. Happiness. And that's where this, this, these five cores came from. So when I said like, you got to kind of figure out what makes you happy. So, so in all my research and all these books I mentioned and all 25 years of research and using myself as a human science experiment, for me, it comes down to these five things. And it's, it's these five cores that, that we all share that essentially science has proven correlate to our happiness, depending on how we are growing in them. And it's your mindset, 
It's your career and your finances. It's your relationships. It's your emotional health and it's your physical health. And these are all things that we all share as human beings. And if we're not aware of them and we're not continually what I call stopping your failure habits in each of them and replacing them with success habits, because we are our habits, our habits are us, right? So what ends up happening is we build these habits. And by the time we're, we, we reach young adulthood, we're, we're, we're mainly on autopilot like just living the life of the habits that we've picked up from our parents, from the media, from school, from our peers, whether they're good or bad, they don't have don't give a fuck, you know, part of my language, they're, they're going to do their thing and they're going to compound over time. And so the key is to identify what are these failure habits that are actually like we were just talking about earlier, miswanting, making me take action on things that aren't actually making me happy, but I, I my brain's telling me are going to make me happy. And replacing then those with the success habits that say, okay, this actually makes me happy. And one of the ways I have to do that, it's an exercise that I do with people, is I call it your back to the future list. So it's basically you flash forward to the end of your life and you go, okay, if I were to die and I'm being eulogized at my funeral tomorrow, like what do I want said by people? Like, and, and that just forces you to get rid of all the bullshit and all the stuff that we think is important. And that it's not going to be that he had a billion dollars. I can tell you that right now. That's not what you want said at your funeral. No, you want set stuff said like he was extremely generous. He was caring and loving and he was a great family man. He looked people in the eye when he talked to them and he was always interested. He had so many friends and so many allies that wanted to help him because he was always helping other people. Like these types of things are the things that you'd want said. And so you, you start to get down to the core of like what's really important. And they're going to be slightly different for everybody. Right. And so you kind of make that list and you do it in each of your cores. Right. So physical health, like he lived a long life. He, he looked like Peter Pan because he was always looked younger than he actually was. You know, these types of things, like if these are your goals and these are things that make you happy, okay, what are the habits you have to build to get there? And so then you just kind of reverse engineer it and you go to the present and you say, okay, how are we going to do this? All right, what are these habits? How, what, what are the habits that I want to form now that are going to take me to that end goal? So you're kind of working in reverse. Um, and the key then is to, is what I like to help people with, which is makes it fun is to gamify the whole process to sort of trick your little lizard brain into wanting these, wanting to take these actions, because we live in a world, as we were just talking about, it's, it's very materialistic. You can click a button and get whatever the hell you want delivered, including yourself in a car across town. There's no self-discipline anymore. The self-discipline, which is one of the key ingredients of happiness has flown out the window. And it's like, now you can just sit on your couch and eat Cheetos and have eight screens open and order dinner and have order your date on Tinder, whatever. It's like, that's not happiness, unfortunately. So even though the, the quality of our lives has, has gone up technically, like if you look at like from 50 years ago, how much money they had and the quality of their lives in terms of like that, that size house they lived in, the money they had to make, we're way ahead of that. However, we're, we're, we're less happy as human beings. I mean, that's a fact. I'm not just spouting that out. I mean, there's tons and tons of studies you can look to. The World Happiness Report, teen suicide is at an all-time high. And it's because, in my opinion, like I said, yeah, we're, we're miswanting, we're, 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 we're building our habits around these things that actually, actually make us less happy. Yes, this is really interesting that. So I, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Like, so why, do, what do you think is the biggest, the difference in say our generation and two generations ago? Is it the fact that, is it because our brain's been stimulated so much and we get everything so fast that we just get 
over it really quickly because you know if you think back like 20 30 years you had to do a lot more work to sort of go and get that date or to you know what i mean but now it's like i'll just swipe and and whatever is that kind of what it is or why are people more dissatisfied now than ever before yeah no i think that going back to that word i used discipline it, it kind of got into my head that this is the main reason and okay so like let's look at our parents parents right so back before really cars and and that type of stuff it was you wanted to eat and you wanted to drink a milk. You went out and you milked the frigging cow. Like you wanted to eat, you went out and you, you, you had to go hunt something or you had to earn it. Right. And so there was that, like that, Oh yes. Like I did this. I earned, but when you just hand somebody something, it's just way, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't have the same effect. Right. And that's why there's a show that show proves my point. The lottery ruined my life if you haven't developed, if you don't have these principles within you and these things that you understand, like if I do this, this will actually make me happy. But if I just sit around and have the world handed to me, then it's not going to. And so if you've got that twisted, no matter how much money's handed to you, you're not going to be happy. And so it's about kind of working through that and figuring that out. And so, yeah, to answer your question, you know, back in the day, we didn't have that option. Like we kind of had to we're in it. And with each generation, technology and science is, is advancing more and more. And we're ironically able to, to do less and less, which on, again, from a 10,000 foot view looks great. Like, Hey, look how great our quality of living is now, but that's, it's having the opposite effect. We're spending less time with other human beings, right? Our homes are our castles. We've got these big houses, these big screen TVs. We've got all these devices and, and relationships. That's one of the core, it's one of our five cores. You can't be happy without having relationships. And it doesn't count to just like somebody's picture on Facebook or on TikTok or whatever, right? You, you have to actually see them in person and have real conversations. And, and then there's something to that. And we're moving further and further away from that as human beings. Yeah. You mentioned something before you mentioned doing these things to kind of trick the lizard brain. What is the lizard brain and how can we trick it? So we all have this, you know, we've all evolved. I mean, assuming we all, everybody listening believes in evolution, which these days you never know, but let's just for the sake of argument, say that evolution exists and that we've all evolved. Right. And so we started this primordial soup and then we started evolving and then we're, we're these cavemen and, and it's like, okay, in order to not get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, you had to be really fucking selfish, right? You needed to gather as much stuff as you could so that you could get into your cave or, and have be able to survive without having to be out in the open and, and risk getting eaten. The more stuff you had, it attracted other mates, right? And then all of a sudden now you, you're more likely to spread your genes and your, your heritage down the line. The more we, we spent in groups and with people, the safer and the happier we would feel. So we've got all these instincts in us that are still there from those days, right? Our lizard brains, our primal instinct, our primal brains, but we live in a society where it's, there's a complete disconnect with a lot of that stuff, right? Which is where that miswanting stuff I was telling you comes in. Cause it doesn't, it made sense back then to want to hoard as much as you could to survive as long as you could. And, and if you did get a piece of food, it's like, <laughs> I got to eat it before like some other guy gets it or some squirrel comes and grabs it or, but we don't have those issues now, but yet we, we still have this, like, I need more, more, more. And it's like the whole Gordon Gecko from wall street. Greed is good. It's like, that's become part of our psyche. And then you look at social media and, and just everywhere TV, the world, it just, 
it promotes this. And so I, I kind of look at the, the world right now as a broken system and, and it's just perpetuating this failure loop that we're caught in. And until people start sort of realizing like, holy shit, like this is not happiness. And not only am I going to be unhappy, but then I'm going to have kids and then I'm going to perpetuate it to them. And they're just going to keep passing up, assuming that we're around for more than 50 years and we don't destroy ourselves in the meantime, which ties into all this. So yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. And, okay. So is, is there a way to sort of tame it? To tame what? The, the lizard. The lizard brain. Yeah. Well, yes. And, and there is, and it's through habits, right? So again, your habits are on autopilot and they're, they're going off of this prime, this low hanging fruit. A lot of the habits we have are based off of like low hanging fruit, like sitting around and wanting to eat a lot of, you know, fatty foods and not wanting to exercise because it's, it's easier. There's less friction, right? So there is front loaded work involved in changing those habits. But again, if you identify, okay, what actually makes me happy? Okay. Is it, is it losing? If I lost 10 pounds, would I feel better? Would I look better? Would I live longer? Okay. And that's my goal, right? I know it's not going to be sitting on the, on the couch. And so that's my instinct and my habit up until now has been to do that. But whoa, wait, I'm starting to get a little bit older. Things are slowing down. I, I need to change that. So then it, then, it, then you go, okay, I know what needs to be done. So you be, step one is you become aware. And then step two is actually developing a system to be able to do, take that action enough times until it becomes habit, until it becomes as easy as brushing your teeth in the morning and taking a shower. You don't even think about it, right? Like I, I work out, I don't even think about it. It's just, it's part of my life, right? And so you want to get these habits working for instead of against you. And when you do that, then you're kind of tricking, you're tricking that brain into, into all of a sudden now it's working for instead of against you. And yeah, again, there's some front loaded work, but once you get past that little hump, you know, and then it's like, okay, now that now those same habits that had momentum that were hurting you are momentum and they're helping you. And again, I like to use little gamification tricks, any little, any little ways to reduce the friction to make it easier. You, you should use like, for instance, you know, you go to your cupboard at night, and let's say you're a midnight snacker. Like I am, I get around 11 o'clock. I'm a, I'm a night out. I get like really hungry almost every single night. Right. And back when I was younger and I could eat 12 cheesesteaks and looked exactly the same, I didn't really get in the habit of eating well. And I, I was just kind of eating what I wanted. And then it, I got to a point in my life where I started a little bit older and I was like, wait, what is this? Right. And I was like, Oh wait, okay. So that's what this is. And so I used a technique called making the things that you, the habit that you want to do super obvious and making the ones that you don't want to do invisible. So I actually got rid of all the crap that was in my thing. I'm not saying one day I went in and just ripped it off, but slowly but surely I, I started kind of just taking it out. And at eye level, I put in the things that at the time tasted good, not as good as, as the Cheetos and the cookies, but they were good enough to where I'm like, all right, I can fake it till I make it. This satisfies me enough for now, right? But here's what happens. You do that enough times and then all of a sudden you've done it for a week and then it becomes two weeks and then it becomes three weeks. And there's no science behind exactly how many days. A lot of people say 23 days to form a habit. That's all bullshit. It's different for everybody and every habit's different in terms of how long it takes for that particular person. But at some point you go, wow, like not only do I not miss the Doritos, but like, I'm kind of repulsed by the fact that I used to eat them. And these mixed nuts that I've now gotten used to eating taste like way better than those Doritos did. 
and boom, you're locked and loaded, right? And it's not to say you're not going to have a dessert when you're out and, and whatnot and, and cheat here and there or whatever. And you know, some people t- tend to have a, a harder time than others, but in general, that's how the brain works. You get it working for you and then you get it going, okay, we like this. This is part of who we are now. And then what's cool about it too, is it just, it creates this ripple effect. And right. And then you do that. And then all of a sudden you're sitting on the couch the next day and you're like, yeah, I ate really good last night. I should get up and do some pushups. Right. And then you do some pushups and all of a sudden your mind is stimulating. You're like, you know what? I've been wanting to freaking to, to draw. I like, I used to draw and do art all the time and I don't fucking do it anymore. Like I just sit around and watch TV. Like I'm, I'm going to get out of sketch pad. Right. And then that just starts firing around and into your other cores and like a ripple effect. You just start growing in each of them. Yeah. That's great. So, so it starts to compound in a positive way instead of like negatively compounding where I remember a while ago, I, I spoke at an event with Darren Hardy and in, in Maui and we were talking all about this, right? Because he obviously wrote The Compound Effect and I never forget, like it was quite like he, the way he broke it down and spoke about it and stuff to us was, it was so simple. At, at, but at first I was like, oh, I've kind of already heard this before. And then when he said to me with this, and I've, I always say it now, he's like, if I catch myself going, well, I've, I know this or I've heard this before, he says, do you do it? And does your bank account show it? I was like, hmm, very good. So it's like, we can know all these things. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Like, well, yeah, if I, if I eat well and work out, I'm going to feel better. Yeah, but do you do it? And it comes from these tiny little habits, right? And I love that you just like, you're tricking it, these little tiny things, because then you'll, these small habits will start to compound and grow bigger ones. But most people are stuck in doing small negative habits that compound negatively. Then they wake up 20 years later and they're overweight and they're in hospital and they're like, well, that's the right. I get here. right?" <laughs> and it's funny. So that, that little meaning of life thing, I've actually now created my own. It's called the equation of life and it ties into exactly what you're talking about here. And God, again, I wish I had a diagram in front of me, but I don't. So the gist is it's your belief system plus your repeated actions plus time equals who you will become. Right? So your belief systems, if you grow up in a broken belief system and you miss your, you're constantly, your beliefs are full of miswantings. Like if I could only, I think you said it earlier, if only type mentality, if only I had a million dollars, then I'd be happy. If only I was six feet tall, I'd be happy. If only I had bigger muscles, if only this, if only I had the right girlfriend, if that's the belief system you have, then the actions you take are going to be based on that. And then time they're going to compound and time's going to do its thing. And then that's who you're going to become. Right. And so, and that happens in all of your different areas. So physical health, you know, when you're young, you can, like we were just saying, you can get away with eating about just about anything you want. You start to get a little bit older and it's like, okay, well, I realize that if I eat the same way, I'm starting to gain all the weight. But if you don't change that and you keep doing that, that's why you see obese people. Right. And again, I mean, there's glandular stuff. And so, you know, I don't want to piss anybody off, but in general, <laughs> you know, you eat more, you get bigger. <laughs> Yeah. You exercise and you eat less and you stay in good shape. And so, yeah, that's the equation of life. It's, it's, it's how it's who you're going to become. Like those actions are going to compound and that's who you'll become. I'd love to talk about this startup business that you built. So you've built this thing, you exited $323 million. So it's not a small business. This is a gigantic business. Knowing everything you know now about all these habits, this belief system, creating happiness. If you were to go back and do that all again and rebuild a nine figure business, what would you do differently? Oh man, I do a lot differently. You know, every part of this whole happiness train that we're on and, and growth is that no, nobody has all the answers figured out. And if we did, life would be easy. And what what's the fun in playing that game, right? The game of life has to be challenging. Any game that, that's fun is challenging. 
And so as you're learning, as you go and you're making mistakes. And so, I mean, that it's a loaded question to say what I would change a lot based on all of the mistakes that I made, but I guess in a way I wouldn't change anything because I'm glad I made those mistakes mm-hmm. because it helped me to then grow. And as I grew, I became happier and it helped me to become the person I am today. Yeah. I love it. That is always a big thing. Cause sometimes people will be like, oh, I want to change this and that, but it's like, we often like all the things that we've done in our past, right? Like used properly and, and looked at with the right sort of mindset and attitude is our fuel, right? Like we, I think so many people have past mistakes or traumas or whatever. And what, what would you kind of say to that? Like how can people sort of use, cause I, I love what you say. Like, I love that all these, I made these mistakes cause it makes you who you are now. So for the people who might be like, well, I've got all these things that have happened in the past and that's why I am the way I am now. How can they kind of use that and flip the perspective on that to empower them more? Right. It comes down to the first core, which is mindset. Your mindset is the most important core. And it kind of is like, it's how you view yourself. It's how you view the world. It's your level of confidence. It's your perception. It's sort of like, is the glass half empty, half full for lack of a better term? You know, and if you're looking at the world with an, with a, I call it a fixed victim mindset, versus a growth owner mindset. So if you've got this fixed victim mindset, just like I had in college when I was suicidal, it's my brain, I was born a certain way. There's nothing I can do about it. My brain's broken. Like, fuck, well, like just my luck. Like like I was born with a dad with skinny legs and and love handles. And and my mom was ADD. I got that. And like, I'm just going to kind of tread water and hope to kind of you know, survive and just, and and just get through the day. And and there's not, not really much change versus a growth owner. Oh, oh, and then also a fixed victims. Like maybe if I hit the lottery one day, then I'll be happy. Right. And then your growth owner goes, all right, I was born with quote unquote weaknesses, just like everybody else and strengths, just like everybody else. And the reason I say quote is because to me, there's no real weaknesses. We're all just born with different traits. And there's certain things that we're naturally better better at and and gravitate towards, those are the things you want to focus on, right? And and we all have those things, but the fixed victim in us will focus on the bad ones, right? And make those excuses of why they're failing in life. Whereas the growth owner will go, okay, well, this is not one of my strengths. And I just had this job and I just got fired. And I, even though it didn't feel great, it kind of makes sense because I didn't really like what I was doing and I wasn't really good at it. So what am I good at and how can I pivot? And I mean, I'm putting this in a much simpler terms, but that's the general idea of just sort of looking at life and the failures and the obstacles as temporary. And like, how do I use my gifts to pivot around it? And if there's something I'm not so great at, figure out how to outsource it how to you know, partner up with somebody else that's good at it. Like don't, don't completely bash yourself and say you're, you're a horrible, stupid idiot person for having these things. Because again, we all have them. Even these people that we idolize and think are the coolest, most awesomest people in the world. They've got things that we, we might be good at and, and that they're like deep down ashamed about and, and wish that they were better at. And we might go, well, what's the big deal? I've got that. Right. So to remind yourself that that's how the world works and nobody's better or worse than anybody else. It's just a matter of like, what are you going to do with the gifts that you were given with the stuff that you got? Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm super mindful of your time. 
So I appreciate you coming on and, and dropping all these bombs. Where can everybody follow you, find you, and and take your quiz and do all this cool stuff you do? So I have a happiness quiz, which is it's sort of getting your baseline and your five cores that we were talking about, kind of see where you where you currently stand and then what you need to do moving forward. I'm developing a course. I'm developing an app. None of that stuff's ready yet. I don't sell anything. So, but you can go to more momentum m o o r e momentum.com. That's my website. You can take the quiz. It's, I think at the top, I'm I'm completely re- rebuilding my website. So I don't know about time some people hear this. Maybe it'll be redone. It should be done in the next one or two weeks. But right now it's kind of crappy, but there is the quiz and it works and the results will be the same. And then um, you'll enter your email and then you can, you know, be signed up if you want to get, you know, weekly uh, emails and be notified when the app comes. We, I also have an IG Instagram page uh, with over 400,000 followers called will M O O R E momentum, will more momentum. So you can follow us there. Love it. Awesome. All right. To wrap this up, Will, I've got one final question for you. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. Let's that go. wasn't the question, by the way. The question. <laughs> I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> yes you answered correctly. Awesome. If you were to go back to your 18 year old self and give him 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? I'd say, hey, man, you're going to become this growth owner. Right now, you're a fixed victim, but you're going to completely change and become this growth owner. And you're going to have literally everything that you could have ever dreamed of and some stuff that you didn't even think was possible. And just believe in yourself and the stuff that you got going for you because it's in there and you're actually going to figure out a way to bring it out. You just haven't done it yet. Thank you so much for listening. And if you got value from this episode, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 20 seconds of your time, leave me a five-star rating and written review, then screenshot this episode and share it to your story and make sure you tag me for that shout out. And until next time, guys, go out there and dream out loud.